This message was presented at the GYC 2014 conference at the Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. We're going to go ahead and get started. So if we can shut the door, at least shut one of the doors, we're going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to start with a word of prayer first before I get started. How many of you, just to give me an idea, attended the previous seminars? Uh, Part of them. (laughs) Any of you. Okay. All right. Very good. So I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm Leela Lewis. Um, This is the sixth of Don McIntosh and my seminar, which is Medical Missionary Work, The Present, Present Truth. But before we get started, I'm going to start with a word of prayer. And if you'd like to um, kneel with me, that would be fine. Otherwise, um, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you so much for such a wonderful, wonderful event such as GYC. Thank you for this exhilarating time where we can come together, we can learn more about you, and that we can see others that care so much about you. I ask that your Holy Spirit would be on me right now and that I would lift you up and that most of all we would be able to answer your prayer in being unified together as one body, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome this afternoon. Um, The title of my, if you would call it this section, this hour, is Prayer, Testimony, and Medical Missionary Work. And the most important part of this, if you would, this title is that you can be an answer to Jesus' prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but that's very exciting to think that I could actually have a part in playing an answer to Jesus' very prayer. Well, let's go ahead. Now, if I was, again, in each of these talks, the three that I have given, for actually, for those of you who have attended, can you tell me the sort of the overall theme of the three talks that I've given? What was the first one? Trust pray, obey. And you know what? We talked about this from the perspective of two different aspects, right? We talked about it from the perspective of personal conversion, but then also as far as mass evangelism, medical evangelism, so that's what we're talking about. So again, trust, pray, obey. Number two, perseverance, right? We talked about San Francisco. Well, this one, the big overall theme that we're going to be talking about is press together, press together, press together. And the reason that we're pressing together is because we have a goal of rescuing the perishing. And that is one of the ways that we're going to learn is the best way, in fact, to be able to do that. So before we get started, uh, for those of you who heard a small snippet of the presentation last night at the general session, I'm the president of a new organization called Your Best Pathway to Health. It's a ministry of ASI. It was actually an outgrowth for those of you who attended my last session talking about bridges to health. Well, ASI uh, ministry, out of that came Your Best Pathway to Health. And it is what we're going to be talking today as far as how we can all get together, working together, pressing together for San Antonio and beyond. So again, we have those three points of success like we talked about. Now, in the very first talk I gave, we talked about the most important thing is to be able to have a what? A personal living testimony, right? We can't expect to share with others if we're not living it ourselves, right? Is that correct? Amen. Amen. It's correct, right? You can't expect to share something that you don't personally have yourself. And when you have a living testimony, in other words, a true life conversion, something comes out of that. Remember, it's trust, pray, obey. Obedience comes out of it. You're so happy that God has given you 
a new life, a living testimony, of course, of course, loving obedience comes out of that. Now, a personal testimony, I found this quote I thought was amazing from Medical Missionary. And it, it basically what it's doing is it's kind of an over, over-compassing, if you will, all of these three talks in this one statement. And we're going to read that together here. The ease-loving spirit that has fallen upon the church is a what? An offense to God. We learned that in that first seminar, if you remember, that we talked about from self-pleasing and sin-loving to God's plan. That was my own personal testimony. We are nearing the end, and every moment is golden. Every minute we have, it's a golden opportunity to turn somebody to Jesus. By living faith, this is number one. Again, trust, pray, obey, right? So by faith or trust, we lay hold upon the power of God and work to the utmost of your ability, perseverance, having your testimony, your living faith, so vitalized by the Spirit of God that what happens? That sinners feel and realize their danger. In other words, your living testimony causes others to say, oh, remember, you could be that one person that turns the world upside down for somebody else. And remember, in my personal testimony, that actually happened to be my husband, for those of you who are here. But you could be that personal testimony to someone else. So let every soul arouse from stupor and realize that it is not of the ministers alone of whom it is written, we are laborers together with God. Is it only the pastors? Is it? No, we love working with the pastors. We're, we work together with the pastors as laity, but it's laity, medical missionary work, and pastoral work working together hand in hand, and God brings the success. So what we're going to talk about today is some of the miracle stories. And for those of you who heard my other testimonies, you've heard I love I love miracle stories, absolutely love them, and I know most of us do. Well, today I'm going to tell you some miracle stories about San Antonio. Now, do you need, does anybody know what this building is over here? I mean, it's kind of giving it away. It says San Antonio, but, and we talked about it yesterday evening. It's the center of idolatry? <laughs> I, guess, I guess it could be a center of idolatry, or I guess it could become something that God could make it into something good. It's actually the Alamo Dome. Now, I'm going to tell you, the Alamo Dome is 169,000 square feet. And I'm going to also tell you that right after, we, actually, we were still in the planning phases of the Bay Area. It was last February. It was February of 2014. And the event, as you remember, for Bridges to Hell took place in April of 2014. And I got a phone call from the Southwestern Union Conference, which is where the General Conference is going to be held in 2015. And they said, the Southwestern Union Conference, Elder Dwayne McKee said, you know what? I know you're planning for the Bridges to Health event in the Bay Area. I've heard some of the amazing things that are going to happen. Would you consider doing something like that in prelude to the general conference session? Well, how many of you remember some of the crazy things that happened that I told you in the last session as far as how difficult it was in the Bay Area? Does anybody remember some of those miracle stories? But it was, it was absolutely miraculous what God did, but nonetheless it was rather difficult. So my husband and I prayed about it, and we said, okay, well, we will, if the Lord wishes that to happen, we will proceed. Actually, brothers and sisters, if we could kind of move to this sort of the middle, I think that that way we could get more people in. That way, those that are in the back, standing in the back. And then if you have space, we have a whole bunch of seats up front still as well. 
We'll just take a couple seconds for that. Okay. So, right after the Bridges to Health event that the Lord blessed so much in, a group of us set off to go meet with the mayor's office of San Antonio. And by God's grace, because of what happened so miraculously in San Francisco and Oakland, the mayor herself of Oakland called the mayor of San Antonio and said, guess what, guys? You need to work with these Seventh-day Adventists. Now, is that not a miracle, brothers and sisters? We're talking about the secular community working for God's church. And we're going to see in just a few minutes that that is truth. When God's methods are employed, the secular world notices and they actually give to God's work more sometimes than even we're able to do. So long story short, the mayor's office of Oakland called the mayor of San Antonio, which at the time was Mayor Julian Castro. And don't mind the cartoon, my husband had to put that on there, but anyway. So he, he called Mayor Castro, and Mayor Castro's office said, well, that sounds great. So we had this wonderful meeting, and in the middle of the meeting, completely to my surprise, Mayor Castro's office said, we're going to give you the Alamo Dome. And I was not expecting that one at all. I mean, again, it's 169,000 square feet. It's $100,000 a day to rent the Alamo Dome. And we wanted it for three days for the, Bay Area, for the San Antonio event for free medical, dental, and eye care. So when they said that, I said, whoa, praise the Lord, this is wonderful. They said, but we want you to do something. We want you not to see 3,000 people like you did in the Bay Area. We want you to see 6,000 people. If we give you that much square footage, we need you to actually maximize it. I said, well, by God's grace, we'll work towards that end. Everything seemed to be a done deal, right? Now, what did I tell you? Every time Jesus makes a headway, something happens. We're in this great controversy war, right? So it was literally two weeks after they gave us the Alamo Dome, I received a phone call from San Antonio. And I discovered that Mayor Castro, for those of you who are aware, had just recently been called by Obama to work for in charge of HUD, and as a result of that, his entire crew, his entire office staff, everybody that had been aware that this, quote, verbal contract had taken place had moved on to Washington, D.C., and there was left no one in the city of San Antonio that had any idea of this promise that had been made to us. Well, by this point, we had already made all sorts of plans. We were planning because, you know, the general conference session is actually being held in the Alamo Dome, which is the exact same location that we had been given. Furthermore, we had already started making follow-up plans as far as uh, working with Elder Finley and Elder Wilson's evangelistic series and the timing of the event, and all these things were already in place. And I said, what, what, what happens when these kinds of things happen? What is the first thing we should do? We should pray, right? We should earnestly, earnestly pray. And so when we found this out, our group, a small group of us, desperately fell on our faces and began fasting and praying with the Lord, Dear Father in heaven, help us. Well, meanwhile, we contacted again our friend, Mr. Paul Cobb. And for those of you who remember, Mr. Cobb is an extremely, extremely influential man, very politically active, recently reconverted to Seventh-day Adventism. But you know what? His political weight didn't pull anything this time around. And I believe there was a reason for that, because God wanted to receive all the praise and glory this time, for sure. Nothing was coming through with the mayor's office of San Antonio. The new mayor 
The mayor's name is Mayor Ivy Taylor. She was a, a new woman to the scene, if you will. And there's just a lot of political situations going on there. We won't get into all the details. And as a result, two months of going back and forth and re-explaining to these people, again, what had happened, what had taken place. Finally, at one point, I was on the phone with her chief of staff, and I said, you know what? I said, so-and-so, I said, you know, I'm, I'm actually just going to fly out to San Antonio. I think maybe if we have a one-to-one -one communication again, I think perhaps we can make some headway. She said, well, that's interesting. I said, well, when do you, she said, when do you want to do this? I said, well, next week. And she said, okay, that's fine. We'll try to arrange this meeting. She said, but it's very interesting. Now, the other thing I was praying for was an ally. Every city that we had been in so far, in Oakland, in San Francisco, God had provided us with a city ally. But so far in San Antonio, we had no one. And our group had been earnestly praying that God would provide us a city ally. Well, this, this chief of staff, when I was on the phone with her at this point, she says, you know, it's very interesting that you happen to call right now because I have someone sitting here in my office from your very church. I said, oh, really? Well, who is that? I don't know who that is. And she named the individual's name. We'll call her Rhonda for her privacy. Well, long story short, Rhonda became in San Antonio what Mr. Paul Cobb was in Oakland and what Bevan Dufty was in San Francisco. Praise the Lord. Um, multiple, multiple times and on multiple occasions we've run into roadblocks and God has brought Rhonda to the forefront. She's a Seventh-day Adventist. She actually used to work at Southern and God has used her over and over again. In fact, God used her at the very meeting. I guess I wasn't opening my mouth wide enough and expecting all that the Lord could provide. I was merely wanting the Alamo Dome back and she said to me right before the meeting with the new mayor's office, she said, Leela, she said, why don't you need a convention center to hold these evening meetings, which we'll be talking about in a few minutes where Elder Wilson and Finley and, and Elder McIntosh and several others are speaking. Don't you need a convention center to be able to hold up? I said, well, yes, of course, but I don't want to over ask the city for more than what you know they can give. She said, no, 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 no. She said, at the meeting, you make sure and you ask them for that. Well, praise God that she told me that because not only did they give us the Alamo Dome for the three full days, they gave us the convention center for five days. Which is worth more, again, $100,000 a day for the Alamo Dome plus $30,000 a day for the convention center and all for free. It was the power of God, brothers and sisters. Well, the same day that this meeting took place, and again, I'm telling you these things to show how, again, trust, pray, obey, because these things are utterly important, but also perseverance is also very important in this process. So we had run into all sorts of problems. The entire city of San Antonio was booked out for the weekend that we had picked. And I already told you one of the reasons that we picked it was it was based on the evangelistic series and other things that we were planning. Everything was booked out. All the hotels were booked out. We went from hotel to hotel to hotel. There was nothing available. It was 5.30 in the afternoon on a Friday afternoon. Obviously, most people are gone home for the weekends, right? Nobody wants to be in the office on 5.30 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. We still had about an hour and a half before sundown. And I said to my husband, I said, honey, let's pray one more time. I'm going to go into the Hilton. I know they told us they don't have any room. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to ask them in person one more time, is there any chance they can make accommodations for us? 
So we had special prayer. I went into the Hilton. It looked like it was dark and, you know, like everyone was gone. I opened the door, and sure enough, there was someone there. I said, ma'am, I said, is there any way that I could talk to someone? Well, she looked like she was clearly wanting to leave. She had packed up her purse, and she was, like, ready to leave. And I said, well, is there any way I could talk with someone? She said, just a minute. She came back. She said, well, our head head not manager, but like basically the owner of, part owner of the Hilton was there, and he was the only individuals there. And I said, oh, okay, well, thank you so much. I was expecting that was kind of the end of it. I mean, who's going to want to talk to little old me if you're the owner, part owner of the Hilton? So I said, okay. And then she said, no, actually, he says he'll come out and talk to you. I said, okay, Lord, I'm darting prayers to heaven. I sit down. The gentleman comes out, very nicely dressed gentleman. He says, how can I help you? I start to tell him. I felt very impressed to just start to telling him exactly what our goals were from, from a Seventh-day Adventist perspective, how we wanted to help the underserved, how we wanted to reach those who perhaps may not be getting the medical care that they might otherwise be able to get. And he started, I could see in his face, his face started to kind of lighten up. He said, which church did you say you're from? I said, well, we're with the Seventh-day Adventist church. He said, okay, sit down. So I sat down. He said, you know what? Aren't you connected with some big event coming in July to this city? I said, well, yes, the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists is coming. He said, he said, you know what? He said, I have a lot of respect for the Seventh-day Adventist church. He said, my ex-wife used to be a Seventh-day Adventist. In fact, I was married in a Seventh-day Adventist church. I want to help you. By God's grace, we got severely discounted rates. He gave us all the rooms we wanted, and the Lord has truly, truly blessed. Again, perseverance, and I won't get into too much more detail. It was as though God gave one more highlight right before sundown, right before Sabbath. We'd run into all sorts of difficulties as far as transportation from the hotel to the Alamo Dome, and God, right before sundown, Rant got us to run into the owners of Daisy Charters, and they gave us two charters completely for free. So again, the Lord blessed numerous, numerous, numerous times, and I could tell you many more miracle stories. But what I want to get, which to me is the biggest miracle of this whole, whole aspect of Pathway to Health and any of these big, big events that are happening, is what I see happening as far as our church unifying together. We have been counseled that we should press together, press together, press together, thank you. Press together, press together, press together. We have been counseled of this. In fact, Jesus' own prayer says, neither pray I for these alone, he wasn't just praying for his disciples, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee that they also may be one in us. That the, why? Why do we want to be one? What's the reason? What does Jesus say is the reason? That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. In other words, the world is going to believe that Jesus is Christ when we are one. When we're unified, the world notices and they get excited about it. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. Jesus says that the glory that God the Father gave him, he's going to give to us that they may be one. Again, even as we are one. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're one. I am them and thou in me. Again, God the Father was in Jesus and I am in them. I, he's in us, Christ's righteousness. 
that they may be made perfect and one, and that the world may know again that you have sent me. So this is the key, brothers and sisters. I truly, truly believe, to me, the biggest miracle of what I see happening in San Antonio and beyond is I see Jesus allow us allowing him to allow us to become one in him. Now, councils on health. Very interesting. Satan doesn't like this idea of us becoming one, does he? Do you think so? If we become a, I mean, just imagine a giant army for God. I mean, we have an army here at GYC. A giant army for God. How do you think that makes Satan feel? <laughs> Not very happy, right? Satan will invent every possible scheme to separate those whom God is seeking to make one. He is going to throw every avenue of distraction you can imagine to separate the oneness that God seeks to make. But we must not what? Misled. We must not be misled by his devices. If the medical missionary work is carried on as a part of the gospel, how does it happen? The medical missionary work and the gospel work working hand in hand, who sees it? Worldlings. Did I not say that the secularists are giving more? I mean, how much did I just show you that they have given so far? And that's just in San Antonio. I didn't talk about Oakland and San Francisco and even Seattle right now that we're going to talk about in a little bit too. The worldlings will see the good that is being done. They will be convicted of its genuous and they will give what? Their support. Do we see that happening, brothers and sisters? Yes or no? Yes. yes, absolutely. God is true. Again, more quotes about the laity and the pastors, the doctors and the, the medical missionary work and the gospel ministry working together. There is to be no separation in this line of work. The two lines of work must not be what? Separated. They must not be separated. And that's exactly what we saw happen in the Bay Area. This is actually an overview picture. If, if you could be in Oakland kind of looking down, this is actually the chaplaincy services. Every patient, the way it's situated, we do this very strategically. There are two services that every patient gets. Every patient, when they come in through the event, they obviously go through registration. They go through um, triage, etc. But they get banded. They either get banded for dentistry, they get banded for eye care, they get banded for medical. But every patient also gets banded for preventive medicine, which Weimar Health provides in a wonderful setting. But they also, as they go to leave, they don't have to see chaplaincy services. We can't force Christ on anyone. But they do have to hand in their medical packet at chaplaincy services. So our chaplains are right then and there ready to help them. And you can see our great line of literature. But again, the cities, all of the city governments know we're Seventh-day Adventists. They know what we believe. And they're still good with what takes place. Praise the Lord, huh? Well, I'm going to tell you a few other miracles just briefly as far as what has taken place recently in the planning for San Antonio. We had quite a number of patients that came through that wanted actual surgical procedures. We, we did have a lipoma that my husband's a general surgeon that took off of the patient that was about the size of a, well, they call it a grapefruit, but it was actually bigger than a grapefruit. It was about that big. It was done in an outpatient setting, but we had a number of patients that also wanted other procedures. Well, by God's grace, we were praying, and we were praying, and we were persevering, and trusting, and God opened a door at Central Texas Adventist 
Texas Medical Center where now we actually have operative ability for our surgeons. I'm very excited about this, brothers and sisters. Our surgeons are going to be able to operate at the same time as our outpatient event is taking place. So how many of you want to get involved? Amen. And you don't have to be a medical professional. We're going to show you that in just a few minutes. For example, we have a whole meal department. We like to, we'd like to treat the full person, if you will. And those patients are hungry. If they've been waiting in line for who knows how many hours, they're tired, they're hungry. We don't want them to feel like they have to go somewhere else and get lunch. We don't want our volunteers to feel like they have to go somewhere lunch, to get lunch. So we provide a free meal to everybody. The same meal that the volunteers get is the same meal that the patients get. It's just wonderful. We have a special time of prayer, and it's, it's just beautiful how the Lord provides. Well, we found out at the Alamo Dome that because of the situation with the, um, the union situation, they were going to actually forbid us from handing out meals. Well, this was a huge blow to us. We wanted to be able to provide these patients with healthy meals. And so again, seeking the Lord, prayer, perseverance, the Lord opened a door and completely, completely to our um, recent miraculous event, they actually provided us with full ability to provide our free meals despite having complete forbiddance by the Alamo Dome for such an event. Uh, we have multiple other um, medical um, miracles that have taken place as well. But again, um, to me, the most important and the most miraculous is what's happening as far as the laity and the church working together. And that's what I want to focus on right now. What I've seen recently is that we have Adventist health systems that has bought in by God's grace. Loma Linda University is now supporting, which again, I find this to be a wonderful evidence of God's miraculous wonders. We have numerous self-supporting work. We have, of course, we talked about Weimar. There's a whole list in here. There's a giant list of supporting entities that are all working together to make this happen. The church, North American Division, the General Conference, all working together, bringing their skills. We have computer specialists from various aspects, medical professionals, food service people like we've already talked about, maintenance, and the list goes on and on. From the General Conference perspective, we had malpractice coverage with the last event, but the General Conference is now helping us out as far as brokerage of the malpractice insurance, again, to further protect our, um, our providers. And again, it's, a, it's such a collaborative endeavor. It's so wonderful, all of us bringing our skills to the table, all working together for one purpose, and that's to share Christ with those most in need. Now, something else I want to really share that is, to me, very exciting as far as the follow-up is concerned. In the Bay Area, all the patients that got glasses, the glasses arrived about three weeks later. There was only two locations where the patients could pick their glasses up. There was one church in San Francisco, so if the patients received their care in San Francisco, they picked them up at the San Francisco Central Church. And then if they had their care performed in Oakland, then they received their glasses in the Oakland Church. Well, this was very exciting. Of the patients that showed up at San Francisco Central to pick up their glasses three weeks later, they were offered questionnaires as far as, would you like to follow up with Bible studies? 60% of the patients who came to pick up their glasses signed up for Bible studies. Amen. Amen. I mean, those stats don't just happen usually, right? No, not usually, but by God's grace, again, the entering wedge does amazing things. So what we learned from that is we're going to have something very kind of uh, bigger than that, if you will, this time around. And we're kind of combining mini clinic models, some home, home models.
models that, that uh, Elder McIntosh talked about last time, but the, the initial one is the mini-clinic model, where every single patient, before they leave, will receive a follow-up appointment, God willing, either at one of our churches or one of our church homes, if you will. At those appointments, they will receive their pap smear results, their pathology reports, their lab reports, their glasses, whatever it may be. Then they will be invited, once they're there, to follow up events such as depression recovery programs, stop smoking clinic classes, um, various health classes, etc. Those events will then continue for eight weeks, six to eight weeks. At the end of that six to eight weeks, Mark Finley and Ted Wilson's evangelistic series starts. At the end of eight weeks after that, the general conference session starts, and guess where it's being held? At the Alamo Dome, which is the exact same place where what took place? The health event. The original health event was at the Alamo Dome. Then again, they did the follow-up, so they're connected with the patients. There at the, at, uh, the church members are connected with the patients. And then again, eight weeks later, we've got the evangelistic series culminating in the general conference session. Brothers and sisters, we didn't plan this on purpose. God planned it out way in advance of us. And I'm just, to me, that's very, very exciting to see this gigantic collaborative effort, this army of all of us working together with all of our different skills, working together for Christ's Christ methods alone. And again, this is just a list of some of the collaborators in our event. If you look closely, although hmm, maybe 90% of them are Seventh-day Adventists, between 10 to 15% of them are non-Adventists, which to me is an answer to that statement that we just read from the Spirit of Prophecy that what? When the secularists see what? Our, our unity, right? When the secularists see our unity, they will, they're going to give of their own, their, their own selves. Is that correct? Is that correct? That's exactly what we are seeing happen. The secularists themselves are giving of their resources as they see our unity. Unity is strength. We are nearing the end of Earth's history, and God calls upon all to lift the standard bearing the inscription. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, this point I really want to make really clear. As we're talking about unity, it doesn't mean giving up the commandments of God. Is that correct? We're unified, but we never give up God's commandments, correct? We continue to trust, pray, obey. Exactly. We trust, pray, and obey. So here are they that keep the commandments of God in the faith of Jesus. He calls upon his people. Is it, right after the statement that he wants, she, or she is telling us that God wants us to be standard bearers, at the same time, the next sentence is, he calls upon his people to work in perfect harmony. So somehow, we are able to work in perfect harmony without compromise. Is that correct? There has to be a way. We're being instructed to do so. We must be able to do it. He calls upon those engaged in our medical work to unite with the ministry. No word is to be spoken to discourage any, for this grieves the heart of Christ and greatly pleases the adversary. All need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. All should refrain from censuring and disparaging remarks and draw near to Christ, that they may appreciate the heavy responsibilities with the co-workers that they are carrying. Again, 
Press together, press together are the words of our divine instructor. Unity is strength. What? Disunion is weakness and defeat. Brothers and sisters, this is, I'm going to tell you something that brought tears to my eyes in San Francisco. For a year, and I think I told you this the last time, for a year and a half, I had no idea how we were going to break down in San Francisco because we did the event on a Wednesday and Thursday in San Francisco and did it on Friday in Oakland. We had to break down after seeing patients all day long and Thursday and set up in Oakland fast enough to be done by 6 p.m. to make it to the evening meeting because we have evening meetings at our, at our events. Again, those are rally times. It's a time to praise God for all the miracles he does. For an entire year and a half, uh, we were praying. I had no idea logistically how we were going to be able to pull it off. We had plans, but we didn't know if it was actually going to work. On Thursday afternoon, after seeing patients, and it still causes me to get tears in my eyes, I saw a massive army for God. Just like you see this army down here. At the end of the day of working, we had people on the right, if, you can, if I can say so, on the right and the left of Adventism, all working together, breaking down this massive event in a short period of time, and I just stood back. And I just, I just got tears in my eyes as I watched everyone working together. There was no disunion. There was no arguing. There was no discussion of this or that or disparaging remarks as we read. Instead, everyone was working together. It was beautiful. We had singing. It was just, it was heavenly. And what it made me think, this is what heaven's going to be like. This is what heaven's going to be like. It was truly unity and strength. It was gorgeous. And this is what I see happening as we press together in medical missionary work, everybody bringing their talents to the table. The maintenance man working right on, you know, right on the hand of the, of the physician and the pastor, everyone working together. It's, it's an amazing, amazing event that takes place. We must press together against obstructions and difficulties. Now, I have a question for you. With so many different ideas and philosophies and gospels, as we heard this morning, if I can say so just bluntly, do you think that there may be some problems sometimes? I guess the question is, some, some have said to me, well, how can you press together in such an event? How can you work together against such obstructions and difficulties, if you will? And I found this quote, and to me, it was the answer to that question. We must press together against obstructions and difficulties. Shoulder to shoulder, heart to heart, Christ drew the hearts of his hearers to him by the manifestation of his love. And then, little by little, as they were able to bear it, he unfolded to them the great truths of God. Did you hear that? Did you guys hear that? I don't know. Did you hear it? Let's read it again. Little by little, as they were able to bear it, as the people were able to bear it, he unfolded to them the great truths of God. We must learn also to adapt our labors to different people. We should never forget that love, the love of Christ, is the only power that can soften the heart and lead to obedience. Amen? Love, as manifested as we are giving of ourselves, as we are the truth bearers. What, what, what are we called to be? The repairs of the breach, right? 
We're not to give up the truth. Never, ever, ever. Never to give up the truth. But the truth in love given as people see us demonstrating it, even those who have different philosophies or gospels than perhaps we do. As they see that, they too, little by little, according to the promise, will be brought to him. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We should never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We should never back down. This is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we should not use disparaging words and give into, um, you know, just the kind of, oh, this is never going to work kind of mentality. Instead, pressing together, working forward, keeping to God's principles, and he will truly bless. Is it going to be easy? I think I'm putting you to sleep. Is it going to be easy? Do you expect it's going to be easy? When Jesus is working mightily, do you think Satan's like, whoop-de-doo, this is great? I don't think so. It doesn't work like that. We're in a great controversy. We're in an absolute great controversy. But again, trust, pray, obey, persevere, and press together, and God, God gives the reward. There is need of perfect unity and love among the believers in the truth. Anything that leads to dissension is of the devil. Again, we don't want to bring in dissension. We don't want to allow dissension to come into God's work. The Lord designs that his people shall be one with him as the branches are one with the vine. Then they will be one with one another. In other words, when we individually are one with Jesus, when we are one with God, when we are following his principles, we will be able to be one with each other as we're doing this in love. Now, this is another little miracle story I want to tell you about. At our event, as I told you before, in the Bay Area, the media went wild. Do you remember that? The media went wild. God truly, truly blessed. In fact, there were over 78 major television and radio announcements of the event. Well, this one reporter came to the event. And she stayed there the whole day. And that's not normal for reporters. She was a television reporter. That's definitely not normal for reporters. So she stayed there the whole day. And at the end of the day, she came up. And with tears literally in her eyes, she says, I am an atheist. She said, I am not supposed to be um, giving to one side of the story or the other. I'm not supposed to be biased. She said, but what I saw here today, I want to know who you people are. Who are you people? Why are you doing this? Because, brothers and sisters, why? Because we are Christians. Because we love others. Just as Christ came for them, we want to give of ourselves as well. And the secular world notices. Brothers and sisters, we are Seventh-day Adventist Christians. I don't care which ministry we're associated with. I don't care which church we are, you know, individual church we go to, which union or division we go to or a part of. We are Seventh-day Adventist Christians, correct? We are an army for God, right? If we are unified, we have strength, right? We have God's strength. He's promised it so. He's promised us this. And I have a question for you. Are you willing to be a unified part of God's army? Are you? Is it going to be easy? No, it's not going to be easy. But is there something more rewarding than the difficulties of this life? Yes. What if that person that you have the opportunity of sharing with Jesus with today, you get to see on the pearly gates, going into the heavenly, going into heaven? Wouldn't that just delight you more than anything? 
Absolutely, absolutely. We have the ability to be unified Seventh-day Adventist missionaries for Jesus. Brothers and sisters, are you ready to make that call? Or accept the call, I should say. Are you ready to do that? I want to be part of that warship, if you will. There's a couple events that are coming up where you can be involved. There's San Antonio, like we've been talking about, April 8 to 10 of 2015. Spokane, August 2 to 3, 2015. We've got New York, Detroit, Chicago. There's a whole bunch more that are coming. But what I want to say is, if you're interested, we need your help. Your Seventh-day Adventist church, God, more importantly, needs your help. This has an opportunity of becoming the to me, one of the best ways to reach the secular world. It is. We've been, we've been counseled that it is. But whether or not you're able to participate in San Antonio or not, wherever you go, you have the opportunity of being a missionary for Jesus. Correct? You have the ability to go home to your hometown and be a missionary for Jesus. You have the ability to get involved in medical missionary work and unify with your pastors. Right? We can become, combine ourselves, the laity working with the ministry together to be a unified force for Jesus. At this point, I'm going to ask Elder McIntosh to come up and give us a closing prayer. And then I'm going to take a few minutes of questions after that. How many of you have gained some energy from that presentation? And we've been told that if we work the cities, as Christ says we should work the cities, that there will be set in operation a mighty movement that uh, we could never imagine. And who would have thought that um, we'd see, start seeing some of that today? And to hear about it is one thing. But to commit to be a part of it is another thing. And that's what we've been asked to do. And we truly do need help in the event in San Antonio. I truly believe at that event there'll be representatives from the world church from around the world. And I believe that uh, there's going to be major cities from around the world asking for this kind of thing to be done around the world as a result of that. And you can be a part of that. We only have two minutes until our break before Brother Pruitt. So why don't we just stand together for a closing prayer. We won't have time for many questions. Father in heaven, Lord, we are so thankful. We really shouldn't be surprised, but we're thankful at least that not only have you seen our day, you've seen what we are to be doing in our day. And we're thankful that you've given the pen of inspiration. And to enter into those promises and to see them come true gives us even greater confidence. So in the stillness of the moment here, we want to again this Sabbath day, this day of health and healing, we want to respond to your call and we want to uh, lay our lives on the altar again. And maybe there are those today that as they've listened, they say, look, I want to be a part of what's happening in San Antonio. If that's you, just raise your hand. You want to be a part of what's happening. 
the Lord sees those hands. And maybe you want to be a part of that promise that the pen of inspiration has given that there'll come a time when every member is a medical missionary. And maybe you say, I want to respond to that by raising your hand. Thank you, Lord, for these hands and these commitments. Thank you for the testimony of Dr. Lewis. And thank you in advance for what you're going to do, not only in San Antonio, but even in the towns where we live and in our homes and in our hearts. We come in Christ's name. Amen and amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2014 conference at The Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.